The Pinball Network is online. Launching Pinball Party. ourselves a bonus episode don't we yeah i've played a lot of bond recently and thought more about the 60th bond anniversary and just wanted to talk bond today so sit back relax let me and my guitar serenade you with the bond theme song and talk about bond pinball let's go Yeah, you know, for those who tuned in last week, I had the Nudge Guys on. We had a breaking news segment of talking about the 60th anniversary Bond edition from Keith Elwin announced by Stern for 20000 US dollars. And at one point we talked about my impressions or my first impressions of playing Bond a couple times on location. And since then, I've put a ton more time into playing Stern's Bond 007 Pro version, and I want to talk about it. Well, right before we dive real deep into 007, and only 007 this episode. A quick reminder that January 28th is the Pinball Awards, live on the Pinball Network, Twitch, YouTube. Tune in, I think roughly 7 p.m. Eastern? Central? 7 p.m. Central? Book the whole evening. Uh, Assume that your whole day is dedicated to the Pinball Awards. Uh, That's gonna be great. And also, as a reminder, this week, January 13th at 6.30 p.m. Central, Doc Monday from Nudge Pinball will be with Dead Flip on Twitch streaming. I'm not sure which game yet, but, you know, check that out. Again, Friday, January 13th, 6.30 p.m. Central. Doc Monday on Dead Flip. That's all the promo. The rest of the show is just Bond. Yeah, and last week, when the 60th came out, I said, hey, this is my off-the-cuff reaction. Here's my initial thoughts. And, you know, it was pretty just balking at the price really more than anything and um, complaining or just kind of talking openly about how instead of a collector's market I wish it was more of a gamer's market and that uh, you know the fact that the game is $20,000 doesn't really help you know the gamer's market as much but I can appreciate that there's James Bond super fans and also pinball super fans that happen to have a lot of disposable income and for those I say hooray that's awesome Uh, if I was uber well off and it was a Superman, super limited edition, all that. Would I get it? Uh, you know, I would at least take a second glance. The only say, reason I say I guess second glance is, you know, if there's a Superman game, I would expect there to be ramps into the sky and all the, you know, throw the bells and whistles. But, you know, the, the point remains that does it look like a $20,000 pinball machine? N- no, in my opinion. It, it doesn't. And I think objectively you take you know, whoever's opinion is looking objectively at pinball, it doesn't look like a $20,000 machine. But the scarcity of it, the fact that it's an anniversary, it's got all the Bond stuff in it, it's designed by arguably the best designer out there, Keith Elwin. There's a lot of reason for a Bond super fan, pinball super fan with a lot of money to buy it. And I totally don't disagree with that um, sentiment, opinion. I guess I don't know what that would be. I'm Not that I have to agree or disagree anyways, it's just I can connect those dots as well. But speaking of, you know, one of the greatest designers ever and, uh, you know, arguably the best, Keith Elwin. Uh, Subjectively, some of it's objectively, if you look at sales of games such as Jurassic Park or Godzilla, um, 
subjectively from just people, you know, you hear the name all the time. You hear it from me. You hear it from my guests. You hear it from other pinball podcasts. Let's say there's a group of people out there listening to the Pinball Party podcast and don't know who Keith Elwin is. Who is Keith Elwin? Well, he is an ex-tournament player. Well, ex? I think he still, you know, plays in tournaments. Forgive me if that's incorrect, but essentially was one of the number one, if not number one player out there, knew his shit, did a homebrew game, Archer, which eventually kind of became Iron Maiden at Stern. Iron Maiden, who people were kind of balked at the theme. It's just, you know, another dad band and maybe not a popular one at that. He kicked its ass as far as rules. It was an awesome layout. The rules were top notch. I mean, it was wow out of left field. Follow that up with Jurassic Park that uh, he designed as well. Another fantastic game. Uh, my favorite Keith Elwin game, which actually kind of goes in between Iron Maiden and Jurassic Park, but uh, lately it's Jurassic Park. So Jurassic Park, fantastic, fantastic game. And when I say fantastic, and usually what people mean from uh, Iron Maiden to Jurassic Park to the next one I'll talk about, Avengers and Godzilla and then Bond 60th, is everything. It's not just one thing. Do the shots feel great? Yeah. Do Are they laid out to where there's flow for days? Yeah, there's flow for days in all of his games. Is there ingenuity? Yes. Is there creativity? Yep. How about the rules? Oh, they they come out usually basically complete or, I mean, compared to Bond, the, the most complete game you've ever heard ever, all of his. Uh, but his rules are fantastic. He thinks of it from a designer standpoint, a game player and a tournament player. So kind of there's not one way best to play each game from a score standpoint at least from what i know i'm not a tournament player i don't really chase points all that often certain games but not his i should say it's really you know you don't have to stress out um you know on what path you know for lack of a better phrase you're taking in a game iron maiden one of my favorite things about the game is no matter what you're doing it's it's working towards a super something whether it's loops or ramps spinners pops even if you're kind of just flailing around you better believe you're building towards something the same goes for avengers the same goes for jurassic park i could go on and on and godzilla uh he designs fantastic games from a layout and shooters perspective fantastic rules from a tournament and casual perspective there's a lot of ingenuity there's a lot of toys and they trump the theme you know theme sells absolutely but as i guess i'll say even for iron maiden that trumps that theme uh, for days, I'm going to say for days now for the fourth time. But so that's why people say he's the greatest ever. And he was tasked with this super limited edition version of Bond LE. I guess if you're listening to this, you probably know all that. I don't mean to patronize you, but just for those who aren't, that's who Keith Owen is. And that's what we're talking about. I'll get to the Bond, uh, my gameplay further impressions in a moment, but sticking with the 60th anniversary. So there, there's reason, right, to be excited for Keith Owen designed Bond. Now, Gamers market in pinball. Bond, everyone wants it. So yeah, is my initial feeling that this game has such a price barrier? Um, yes, I would love to play a Keith Elwin game no matter what. That's really not what drives my initial sticker shock or thought. No, that's a whole gaming market as a whole. I mean, pick your distributor, pick your manufacturer. I don't like that direction of things, price. So let's just take price out of this conversation because I beat it to death last time. Let's just assume price doesn't matter. So it's a Keith Ellen design game. It's James Bond, which is kind of a, you know, for me, personal theme doesn't really do much for me. I mean, of course, I know who James Bond is, but that's not something I, I really care about much. Now, a Keith Ellen game in a gamer's market, everyone wants it. That's, let's celebrate. It's awesome. It has some reels in the background, mechanical reels. It looks like a, a really 
smooth layout from the from the shots I've seen, you know, from from the video. Um, and and that's great, amazing. Single level, that's nah, kind of a negative for me. I, I love me some ramps. I really do. It's got spinners though. It looks like it has flow. It has the spinning disc from you know, uh, GNR or Avengers. So there's all these great things and it's a great designer, you know, couple that with the fact if you're a Bond fan, Ooh, even more, that's even more on your radar. I'm really excited for this. And again, not that I'd want to talk price, but I'll assume you're a billionaire. $20,000 ain't no thing. This is a shoe in buy it. I'm excited for you. Great. For the rest of the general gaming market who just want to play a Keith Allen game and don't care about Bond that much. This is just, it's kind of a non-starter. I mean, the price is the barrier, not to beat on that after saying twice, I'm not going to even talk about, but it is, it is a barrier. $20,000 is no joke to anyone, even a, a pro, a pro or a premium, a standard, any sort of, you know, 5,000, 6,000, to $10,000 is a lot of money. I don't care who you are. And so even the $20,000, which is, you know, somewhat almost of like a, it's a, it's a pipe dream. It's a joke to me. It's just to someone who really loves Bond and Pinball Great. Again, Superman, yeah, man, I'm probably spending money on it, but hey, that's me. And then you can all, you know, complain about me. But Idiot. I, um, the barrier is already there at the lowest price model from Stern, who's kind of, you know, the bottom on that. It used to be the, the, the home pin, but now Stern Pro is at the bottom. That's already a lot of money. When you tell someone who's not in the hobby, if they ask, what does this cost? And you tell them $7,000, their eyes go wide and they look at you like you're a crazy person. Now imagine telling them, what was this game? Oh, just uh, some pennies, you know, just 20 grand. You know, not a big deal, just 20 grand. And then let's say you have that next to, uh, oh, let's just take another Keith game. Let's take a Jurassic Park. You got Jurassic Park next to uh, this $20,000 Bond LE. Which one is the uh, none the wiser, you know, your grandma, your Aunt Carol? What are they going to get? Oh, hey, Aunt Carol, what do you think? Which one costs more money? Just just curious. From Oh, huh, I think that um, Jurassic Poop game. Yeah, that's right. Jurassic Poop, Carol, get out of here. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at it from a bird's eye view. It's it's no contest. It's not a $20,000 game. There goes my whole, I'm not going to talk about price. Uh, you can't. I guess you. that's the thing. You can't with this. It's $20,000, but where I have a reaction is because I want to play it. People I've talked to want to play it. You hear it from podcasts. People want to play it, but... It's silly that it's $20,000 for this. Is it silly to ask this much money from such a great designer? No, if it was packed, but you know, packed with uh, tons of ramps, tons of stuff, tons of ingenuity. I mean, is there ingenuity in here? Yes. Does it play great? Who knows? It probably does. Does it play $20,000 great? I don't know. Probably not. But that's kind of in the eye of the beholder subjective. But the thing is, the great things about this Bond 60th are not the price. <laughs> it's it's not the equity in it. It's not the ROI. It's not the, does it feel good to spend? No, I don't think it feels good for anyone, even if you're a gabillionaire, because you really don't know what's going to happen. The 500, let's say you buy it. It could skyrocket 30, 40, and, and rightfully so. Things that are scarce, things that are anniversary editions. I know from musical instruments and various other, you know, I used to be a um, a Star Wars customizable card game player, Magic the Gathering. For those, you know, back in the 90s, the two big boys were Magic the Gathering and Star Wars. I'm no stranger to things that shouldn't cost a shitload of money costing a shitload of money. Black Lotus, anyone? Uh, but, you know, there there is a kind of level where games are like, whoa, um, I can't think of... I know Travis Meary was, was talking about a few things that, you know, a watch, I think he said badminton, badminton that was expensive. Um... What else game really, or le I mean, leisure, you can say boats, jet skis, et cetera, but what other like thing made as a game 
aside from like, I don't know, some super duper virtual reality that also has like fans and temperature controlled room. I'm not saying like a whole facility. <laughs> facility. Right. We'll talk about that next time. Thanks for emailing in. Uh, what other like just specific. Here's a game that's made. I can't think of any that would just breach or even come close to this. Video games, board games, pinball. I mean, even sporting. Yeah, anyway, please write in pinballpartypodcast at gmail.com. What am I missing? What's a game thing that, that goes above and beyond on, on price? But yeah, so the positives of, of, you know, of the 60th anniversary are, again, to beat a dead horse. Uh, Keith Elwin, fantastic. I bet this is great. I bet it's going to come out swinging with great rules. Um, I bet even as a single level, it'll feel better than a lot of games out there. And if any... You know, his track record is to speak. It's 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 going to be great. It's going to be great. And I can't wait to possibly play it. Um, I, I truly did think, um, and to be fully honest, there's like this 2% little meme voice in my head saying, you should buy this. <laughs> you should just buy this and see what happens. I mean, it's life you live once, right? Um, I, it's I just like the other huge part of me is like, you, you idiot. Don't be dumb. You know, look at look at the stock prices. Look at your you know, look at all that stuff. Are you stupid? Um, and, and so far, I'm not. But there is this part of me, you know, never say never, like because I, I want to play it and it would be kind of fun as a joke. I, I bitch about it forever in the price, <laughs> and then I just fucking buy it. Why not? Let's do it. Let's get weird. Um, yeah. So a little more time to think about it and to, to, to look at the game. You know, the, the features again. It's it's kind of funny. Carrie Hardy made a great you know uh, honest trailer. <laughs> It's yeah, this it's not a $20,000 game as far as materials and game in there, but all right, that's enough for the 60th. Again, just a little more positive spin on it. Not for the sake of spin, but just had some time to think about it and really like, you know, there's some good stuff here, but just take that price tag away. Wait, I didn't even talk about the topper. All right, yeah, okay, not done. Topper? Hey, look, it's it's part of the package of the LE. Oh man, the topper, exclusive topper. No, 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 that topper is not exclusive, brah. Um, you can buy it for 999 US dollars for your other Bond game. The same one that comes with the 60th. Like, alright, you know, you don't put in Art Blades, you don't put in Mirror Blades, Shaker, it didn't list it, but I would hope you're putting a Shaker in there, and then you got the Topper, and it's not even exclusive. Like, I, I think, you know, uh, might have missed the mark on kind of, you know, how this was revealed or talked about, or make this just a either load it or make it very clear. Hey, we know what we're doing. This is <laughs> this is pretty stupid. We shouldn't be asking this much. But hey, it's for the diehard fans. They've been asking for it. They want it. But um, I don't know who's really asking for it. All right, now I'm done. Sixtieth done. We'll see what happens. Can't wait. Hopefully, I don't buy one. But yeah. So the regular Bond, I played a lot more um, of the pro version, Stern's Bond 007 Pro, uh, at a local bar that does not take care of their games well. Nothing against the bar, but they're they're um, distributor. What are what are they called? Can't think of the name. They're uh, the operator, local operator, doesn't really like leave the keys there because we even it was Doc Monday and I we were playing it again. Uh, we were gonna, I want the keys, let me fix these flippers, these little things, but anyway, the right flipper was still a little, uh, up a little bit, so that the very left-hand orbit shot was, uh, still hard to hit, and you really needed some momentum, uh, to actually hit it, you couldn't hit it from a dead stop. Uh, not for lack of trying. <laughs> we bashed the shit out of that right flipper button to try to get it to go up there from a dead stop. She wasn't gonna happen. But yeah, we we played a bunch. Um, he sent me a text saying, "Hey, they fixed the right flipper," and I don't think they fully did, but they, it it was improved. 
And they had this, uh, it's only a quarter of play where we went. So I was like, oh shit, I'm coming down. It was a couple hours or a couple, I don't remember, time. Time doesn't matter anymore after COVID and all this. Went back down there, played it for, I don't know, between the two of us. I mean, we kept replaying it and we put in probably a total of $1.25 maybe, maybe $1.50 and played it for a couple hours. And then after he left, I played it for more and, you know, got the time to really, uh, <laughs> I say this almost uh, satirically, get used to the code, really dig in deep to the code and don't use that word deep. Don't quote me on that. That's not, that's not some deep code, but got a lot more time to really play it. So here are my updated impressions. One, what did I walk away with this time? And I think this is important. Um, this is what I walked away with. In my head was, I can't wait to play that again. My second thought was, I wonder if Zach from Flippin' Out Pinball has any in stock, because I would like to get one at home. That, that was my initial thought, because what did I find this time is that there is some flow up in this bitch. Um, you can really get some shit going. Um, what were the flowiest shots to me? Well, the left orbit when I'd get some momentum, because again, from a dead dead stop, I couldn't really hit it. But I know fixing the flippers, that wouldn't, that wouldn't be a problem. The uh, right, uh, let's call it octopus ramp. I don't even, you know, that, that cool new Gomez rampy. It's got like two, it's all, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's wacky. Uh, when you get shots in there for the villain modes, villain mode, back to the right flipper, the, um, the left orbit shot coming back down, villain, you can get some stuff going in there, back to the upper left flipper and then hit the, that side ramp that goes into the same, you know, uh, wire form. You can get some stuff going. And uh, so the flow felt great. I also think that the Q shot, which is the Vuck on the right underneath the car, that I don't remember the car. Again, not a car guy. You can scream at me for not knowing what it is. It's silver car. <laughs> I don't know my history and I don't know my cars. But that Vuck is not the same as the Godzilla to me. It, somehow it's easier, I think, because it has like, uh, you know, a backing to it. You can kind of ricochet it off the sides that are surrounding it. And maybe that's uh, maybe that's all mental, but that's that's what I thought. The right villain ramp alone, when you find that shot, I think is uh, pretty satisfying, strangely. Uh, so I like the flow. I think the Q ramp, or the, or the Q Vuck, excuse me, is much more doable than Godzilla, at least in my experience. I think the lock shot up the middle, now that I found it on the right flipper, that spot, okay, that's now a, you know an easier shot or a more satisfying shot. It's 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 very similar feel um, that the spitter shot spinner shot in jurassic park is up the center it, it's got that same kind of feel where you can hit it really from both flippers um this one's kind of reverse where the right flipper it's a little harder but, but you can hit it so found that lock shot felt a little better and i actually kind of like the speed that it comes back around to the third flipper uh, my opinion on the drop targets is still the same can't really see them but hey that's what it is um and the uh the left scoop you know with the underwater area it's kind of fine after listening to Gomez on the, was it Triple? No, it was just another pinball podcast with Joel Engelworth. Fantastic interview. Uh, he talked about how I think, you know, the ball always ended up in the Shire area in Lord of the Rings, which I'm very familiar with. So he wanted to make this instead of dipping down to where it would always fall in level. Um, did that change it? I don't know. I, I still find it's there all the time. So, you know, whatever. But uh, it, it hasn't annoyed me yet. The other thing I noted... <laughs> I guess I call it the cheese stand-up. I don't know. In between the two ramps, there's that cheese target. What is it? A stack of gold? It looks like cheese. There's a cheese target. You hit the cheese. Um, and I can't tell because it has this like small arrow uh, clear insert that's often, 
I don't know, I think it was like almost always yellow. So that's why I thought it was cheese, the light. Um, anyways, I always hit the cheese target in modes. I couldn't tell if that was like a mode shot or if it's own little thing. Again, in the bar, you didn't. I didn't get a clear um, grasp on a lot of the rules aside from like, okay, the modes are very repeatable. Um, you know, know how to start the multi-balls, know how to start the modes, the cue shots. Um, it's fine. But I can't figure out with the uh, the Bond women how to get the playfield multipliers to work consistently. I, I really don't understand that whole thing. And uh, yeah, so please write in and tell me or I should just read it up. But I like to really play games first for a while and then I start reading it once I'm like interested. So I'm, I'm in the I'm in the phase now where I care enough and I like the way it shoots enough to where I'm going to start reading the, the, the code and, and get into it more. But my first research into it was texting Joel again. Hey, I don't know how many shout outs you're going to get. I'm like, hey man, I'm, I'm really liking the way it shoots. Uh, did the code update to eight or dot eight two? I think is what it is. Um, improve a lot over dot seven because at the bar they hadn't updated it. Natch, and so it's at point seven. I couldn't really, you know, tell much. The code was just like it felt elementary. He said, no, not a lot, and plus you still can't stack anything. And that is that is kind of like uh, to me a kicker. That kind of deflated my like, oh, maybe I don't want to like find one locally or play it just to get it home and really dig into it. Because if you can't even stack anything yet, like I, you know, I don't, I don't know what I'm gonna do at home with it. The action button doesn't do shit, or at least the one I'm at. If it's supposed to, please again let me know. But I couldn't find it. We were actually uh, Doc and I were once in a while hitting it for each other. It never lit up. We're like, let's just see. Maybe it's busted. Maybe the, everything, the code, maybe the actual machine is busted. Let's just hit it once in a while. And nah, never, never did anything. Um. The super pop bumpers are still kind of weird with all the points, but yeah, you know, I came away with a lot more. I want to play it again. And even right now, I want to play it again. I'm looking at the play field on a iPad here, kind of zooming out just, just for talking points. And yeah, there's, there's, there's so much here to really dig into. Um, you know, we were having the argument of what's the difference between a villain and a henchman. And I think, well, I mean, it's just, you know, the henchman is kind of the number two, you know, whatever, but I wasn't getting a lot of differentiation between the modes. I mean, it's pinball, so it's shoot the lit shots and we'll change the color based on whatever. But even more so this, like whenever you look at the back box, which I don't really do for a lot of games, any games, I mean, nothing against JJP for having those awesome huge screens or versus a DMD or an LCD. I just really never use the back as, as, a, as a guide. I, I don't know. You can put as much info as you want up there. I don't, I don't know. I don't really look up there. Um, but... This game I do because I didn't know what the fuck was going on half the time. But when I did, all I saw was that kind of brushed steel background and another Bond clip. And like, okay, that doesn't tell me either. So I'll hit the blinky shits. Uh, and that's what I did. I hit the blinky shits. And really, truly, I had fun. Um, once Doc left and there was, I don't know, like five or six credits left. Uh, I was going to leave them, but I didn't. I selfishly, you know, I got to play this game. And the the tilt um, was was very... Uh, very forgiving. So we shook the shit out of that fucker. That thing, that thing got abused uh, and, and will continue to get abused. It seems really light. Maybe that's part of it. I mean, we were tossing that thing around and we were playing catch with it. So we're shaking it a lot. Um, we, yeah, had a lot of fun, really. That's what, and it was one of the times in the last few months where I've had a lot of fun on site playing pinball. I mean, the company was probably a large part of it. And the fact that the game was something I haven't played a lot. So it was new stuff, more to dig into, a better working version of the game that, I've, that you know, the most recent released, frankly, that, that people care about. Um, and yeah, so really 
everything came away positive. The only negative, if you will, is more of an opportunity. Um, code. I can't wait for more code. Uh, I want to see them stack. Um, I kind of now want to play a premium. I, I, I still don't see really what you're getting aside from the... Uh, I mean... I know what you're getting. I can tell the difference between, you know, the scuba shot and the bond on a wand and, you know, the, the physical ball. Like, I get it. But from playing it, um, I don't know. I, I want to see how the the ball lock more than anything works because I found myself hitting the, the dildo area so much that um, I, I couldn't tell if there's all the stand-up targets, which I think spells Spectre, is that right? Within, within the dildy. And then, there, are those optos, the red lights up? You know, I, they looked like them, but I uh, can't tell. I wanted to pop open the game and look. I can't do that at the bar. Um, and I want to see on a premium how that ball lock... Oh, no, because it goes around the right, so no, it's not. Okay, I guess what I'm getting at, I'm, I'm looking at something while saying this. There seems to be so much you can do with all the switches inside that rocket. From the, the switch right by the uh, flashy... The insert, sorry, all the optos and then all the stand-up targets. You have so many things you could do in there. And I hope that, you know, there's something with when you hit it and you get X optos, it, it increases, you know, whatever it may be, or bounce around the, the stand-up targets a la, you know, Mandalorian Pro. I don't know. I know there's no flippers to hit it, but there just seems to be a lot of potential within there. And hopefully that's uh, in the plan. Um other than that, I yeah, my I wanna really get a flipper correct game and hit that left uh Outlane, sorry, I want to hit that left orbit over and over and over. I want to get that flow going, but I want the flow to be working towards something, you know, code. I want the code to be there. Um, so yeah, I, Bond, man, I just wanted to get this out there because Bond's been on my mind, Bond, 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 and I really enjoyed my time with Stern's Bond Pro, at least from what I played, and it surprised me. I didn't go into it thinking it's going to be garbage, but the first time I walked away, I was kind of like, ah, it's it's okay. But, you know, to the credit of the game, I played a busted-ass game, and the time I played it this time, it wasn't much less busted, but it was less busted. So I'm excited to play this more. I know I'm saying that over and over and over, but I really am, and that's what I think a great thing about this, and I think it shows a bright future to this game. I like the art, even though it's kind of kitchen sink Whatever, I, I'm not offended by it. You know, but again, I'm not looking at a back box slash LCD for all my information. And when I'm playing a game, I'm not analyzing the art. The only time I'm looking at the art is kind of like if I'm turning on a game, especially a Spike 2 and waiting, you know, 20 seconds to a minute, I might kind of look at it, but I'm not, I'm not just staring at it. You know, uh, you know, I'm looking at my phone, doing whatever, getting something to drink. I will sometimes look at it and just kind of, oh, that's cool, or oh, that's neat. I like how, or that's neat. I like how they tied that together. I look at art on themes I care about more. Uh, Turtles, Lord of the Rings, you know, you name it. I, I look at it more, but I, I can't think of a single game, really. Maybe Walking Dead, I guess. Even though, yeah, that has really bothered me, um, or, or been an issue, a non-issue, or, or otherwise. You know, I'd say 90% of the games I play, I, I rarely notice the art. Not to hey, not to discredit the artist, because when I do look at it, I'm like, oh wow, that's great. But I'm I'm concentrating on the game. So the flippers and the ball and the coordination and that's and the ramps, that's what I'm looking at. And the lights. The art is great. I think it's, you know, bare minimum, make it not trash. Uh, and then everything else from there is a positive. And for me on this bond, I actually like the old school aesthetic to it. I really do. I like the copy and paste. I I think there's there's a kind of 
intentionally or not, there's a whimsical humor to some of this. Maybe, maybe that's uh, me inserting my own opinion into how it kind of looks, uh, just copy and paste, but hey, uh, maybe it's intentional. But, you know, I, again, my opinion has only changed way more into the positive dial of this game, and I hope it continues to do so. And I look forward to playing more of it. I look forward to playing the pro. I'd like to try the premium just to see what it is. And yes, I would love to play the 60th anniversary design by Keith Elwin. We'll see if it ever happens. I hope it happens. For those out there that are getting it, good for you. Please post your, um, you know, try your best to post your unbiased objective. Can you? I don't know. Because, I mean, if I'm putting 20 grand into something, oof. I'm going to be careful how I talk about that. But yeah, please, I want to read about it. I want to see it. I can't wait. Can't wait for more. So there is your episode 15 and a half. Bond, bond, bond. Only talking bond on the Pinball Party Podcast. Pinball Awards, January 28th. YouTube, Twitch, Pinball Network. I will see you next time on episode 16. Until then, bye-bye. <laughs>